It's great to see everybody, whether you're here on campus, those watching online around the Bay Area. Thanks so much for being here. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am so glad, especially that you're here this month. I am very excited about our brand new series, Bouncing Back When Life Throws You a Curveball, because we all know what it is at some point in life to have a setback. When you have a setback, how do you make a comeback? There was a young man who grew up in poverty, and in his family, they barely survived month to month. And so as a young man, he had a dream to, well, to to make enough money where his family wouldn't have to live that kind of life anymore. And so... He saved up his money, he took out a loan, and he opened up a grocery store. Now, he went into a partnership, and when you have a partnership, you always anticipate it being a good partnership, but the good partnership went very bad, and it ended up taking the store way into debt, so much so that this young man referred to his financial obligations as the national debt. Well, it took him over 10 years. He closed the store. It took him more than 10 years to pay off his failed dream. It was a setback. But he determined that he was going to bounce back. And so he went on to law school. He became a lawyer. And then after law, he got into politics. And in politics, he suffered setback after setback. Eight times he lost elections But on 1860, Abraham Lincoln became the president of the United States and saved our country. Have you ever thought what might have happened if the doors to that grocery store had never closed? Resilience, the ability to bounce back. It's one of the most important qualities that you can have in your life. And I believe that God has brought you here for this month because there's something that he wants to raise up inside each of us, this spirit of resilience, bouncing back. Bouncing back when life knocks you down. Has life ever knocked you down? In fact, I used to have this toy Boy, if I just had that here today, when I was growing up, I had this toy, and would you look at that? Our tech team, they can read my mind. They're always bringing the right things out. This is called a bop bag. It's a Raider bop bag. Pray for me. I'm in depression. Amen. (laughs) But I had a toy like this when I was growing up. It wasn't exactly like this, but it was kind of like this. Did anyone else have one of these bop bags? You, you know how this works then. As a kid, you would hit it, and when you hit it, it bounces back up. Now, my parents got me this as an alternative to beating up my little brother. And, and most of the time, it worked. Most of the time. But I, I really think that my parents had an even deeper mo- motivation Because this little toy right here 
teaches one of the most important lessons you will ever learn in life. That no matter how many times life knocks you down, you bounce back up. No matter how hard life hits you, whoa, you still bounce back up. That right there is the sermon. Because of Jesus Christ, when life knocks me down, I will bounce back. I will bounce back. Say that with me. I will bounce back. I so much want that to get in your spirit that we serve a God who's the God of the comeback. In fact, there's a verse. It's the theme verse for this series. I'm going to invite everybody, wherever you're at, online, those who are on campus, to stand. And I want us to read this verse out loud together and declare the word of God over our lives today. The word of God is this. Everyone say it with me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Oh, one more time. Can we say that together? Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. When I get knocked down, I will bounce back. Amen. Let's give God praise for his word. Hallelujah. And for the next few moments, I want you to think with me about one of the greatest bounce back stories you'll find anywhere. It's in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories. In fact, I wrote a book about that bounce back story called Imagine Living Your Dream. It's a story about a young man by the name of Joseph. We read in the Bible that one night Joseph had a dream. And that dream that he has in the night becomes his vision for the day. It's a dream that one day he would be a leader. But on the way to becoming a leader, life knocks him down again and again and again. But every single time, by the grace of God, he bounces back. It's a great comeback story. Amen. <laughs> Father, thank you for this wonderful family here at Cathedral. Thank you for all of those who are present, those who are watching online, different campuses around the Bay Area. Thank you for guests and friends who are here this weekend. God, I believe before we can bounce back on the outside, we've got to bounce back on the inside. And something you want to do in our hearts today is to build resilience into our spirit. Wherever we're at in our journey, God, speak to us in this moment. We pray this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. amen. One more time, can we give God praise? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I, I want us to do something before you're seated. There's so many people that are out there trying to tear you down. When you come to church, I believe God wants us to build each other up. Amen? So I want you to speak a word of faith over somebody. Before you're seated, look at them. Tell them, you will bounce back. Go ahead and do that. You will bounce back. You will bounce back. When life 
knocks you down, you will bounce back. On the way to his dream, Joseph, one time after another, life keeps knocking him down. First of all, we find on the way to becoming a leader, he ends up being put in a pit. Right after we read that Joseph had a dream, look at what it says. One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Taylor Swift would translate this, haters gonna hate, hate, hate. Not everybody is going to love your dream. Even your own family may hate your dream. What happens here is a case of sibling rivalry that goes very, very bad. Sibling rivalry starts out young, very young, in every family, There's some sibling rivalry. I found these two siblings on YouTube, and you can see it starts out early. Watch the screens. Ah, there it is. You can see it already. Sibling rivalry, it's a a part of, of every family. And of course, in the family of Joseph, you see the same kind of thing going on. Joseph is part of a blended family. He has 11 other brothers. That's a lot of testosterone in one home. Can you imagine 11, 12 brothers, they're wrestling with each other, they're trying to outdo each other, they're trying to compete with each other, and then dad makes a huge mistake, and he picks Joseph as his favorite son, and he treats him like a favorite, and what that does is it fans the flame of sibling rivalry And sibling rivalry turns to envy. And then envy turns to hatred. The other brothers hate Joseph to such a degree that one time Joseph is on his way to see his brothers who are working out in the field. And when his brothers see Joseph coming, they say this. Here comes that dreamer, they said to one another. Come, let's kill him. Let's throw him into one of these empty wells. Let's say that a wild animal ate him up. Then we'll see whether his dreams come true. And you had, you thought you had it rough with your siblings. And that's what his brothers do. They take him. And they throw him into a pit. And maybe that's how you feel this weekend. If you were describing emotionally how you feel this weekend, your life 
is in the pits. God brought you here to remind you that if there is a way into the pit, there is a way out of the pit. If there is a way into the pit, then there is a way out of the pit. And all God's people said, amen. When there seems to be no way. There's an old story about a donkey. He was an old donkey. And he was over by a well, and he fell into the well, went all the way to the bottom of the well. And so now he is, he's old, he's at the bottom of this well, bruised up, banged up. The farmer looks down, and there's no way he can get that donkey out. No way the donkey can get himself out. And so the farmer thinks, well, the best thing he can do is just bury the donkey. So he grabs some dirt, and he starts shoveling dirt to where the donkey is at. And the dirt falls on the donkey, and the donkey thinks, what's going on here? I thought things were bad enough. I fell in the pit, and now someone's trying to bury me. And so the donkey shakes the dirt off and then steps up. And the farmer continues to throw dirt in the well, more dirt and more dirt and more dirt. And every time he does, the donkey shakes it off and steps up. And do you know the donkey kept doing that and doing that and doing that all the way till he got out of the pit? The moral of the story is this. When there seems to be no way, when you're at the bottom of the pit and others are trying to bury you, shake it off. Step up. Don't let despair take hold of your heart. Because when there seems to be no way, God will make a way. God is never out of options. I want you to hear this today. God is never out of options. See, your dream and your destiny is not in the hands of other people. Other people may do this. Other people may do that to try and stop your dream from happening. But God is greater than that. God is more creative. God is more resourceful. God is more powerful. They make a move and God makes a counter move. In this way, God's a little bit like a chess master. Imagine that you're playing a guy. This guy is just a rock star chess player. And so every time you make a move, he makes a counter move. And you move a bishop, he makes this move. You move a a castle, and he makes this move. And you're playing the game, but he's, well, he is driving the way he wants the game to go. You're making your moves but he is still making the game go in the way that he wants it to end. Checkmate. There's an enemy of your dreams, and that enemy can make his moves. He can hate your dreams. He can throw you in the pit, but every time the enemy makes a move, God makes a counter move. Because God is going to guide the dream for your life toward the ultimate destination that he has for you. You can say to the enemy, checkmate, that is where we're headed. That's why we can bounce back. Amen. 
See, when life knocks me down, I will bounce back. I will bounce back. Say that with me. I will bounce back. I want that to get in your spirit. Poor Joseph, man, he just keeps getting knocked down. First, he's put into a pit, and then he's sold into slavery. Sold into slavery. The Bible says that when the slave traders came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the well, and they sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. Can you believe that? They sold out their brother. I will never complain about my brother again. (laughs) Never. They sold their own brother for 20 pieces of silver. And so here, Joseph is taken to another country, and he's forced to work for a military leader in his home. Now, first of all, he's put outside the house, but he does such a good job with a good attitude, he gets a promotion. And now he's working inside the house. And once again, Joseph has such a good attitude and is doing a good job, he gets another promotion. And now this military leader trusts Joseph enough, he says, I'm going to put you in charge of my entire affairs. It's an amazing thing that every time Joseph gets knocked down, he just bounces right back. Joseph had learned the secret of this. Resilience is making the best of a bad situation. Psychologists say that the key to being resilient is to control what you can control. Don't try to control what you can't. Control what you can. And that's what Joseph had learned to do. He couldn't control the fact that he was sold as a slave. He couldn't control in that moment who he was working for. But he can control the kind of attitude he had. And he decided... He didn't want to be here. He wished he wasn't here. But since he was here, he was going to make the best of a bad situation. And he ended up getting promoted. That is how you bounce back. You know, 10% of life is what happens to you. 90% of life is how you respond to what happens to you. And when you take control over what you can control. It's a little bit like a sailboat. Well, I love the water. Anytime I'm on the water, it's just, it's heaven for me. And I, if you've ever been on a sailboat, it, it still surprises me how the captain, I mean, the wind can be blowing this way. And the captain, you would think, okay, if the wind's blowing this way, then the boat goes this way. And sure enough, You can set the sails and the boat will go this way. But then the captain can set the sails a different way and he can use the same wind to go in the other direction. It's not the direction of the wind that matters most. It's how you set the sail. And the same thing is true in life. It's not what happens to you that matters most. You can put two people in the exact situation. One of them is stuck forever 
in that setback, they set their sails one way. Another one, they take that setback and they turn it into a stepping stone and they make a comeback. They set their sail a different way. It's not the wind that matters most. It's how you set the sail. You may be in a situation this weekend and there's not a lot you can do about it. It's out of your control. But there are certain things that are still within your control. The attitude that I face the situation in, by the grace of God, God can give me an overcoming spirit in whatever situation I'm in. Seeing the images of the hurricane on the East Coast, I I hope all of us are praying for the victims of that hurricane. I mean, a hurricane's a, a crazy thing. There's not much you can do about it. I was reading an interview with a man years ago when Hurricane Sandy hit. It hit his home. And there's so much in a hurricane that's just outside your control. You can't control where it comes on land. You can't control how strong it is when it hits the land. You can't control the kind of damage it does to your house. You just can't control that. But this guy was being interviewed, and the interviewer was stunned because the guy had his his home was hit by the hurricane. It did a lot of damage. Tore the roof right off his house. And when she asked him how he was doing, this is what the man said. He said, sometimes you have to lose the roof to see the stars. That's what you call a resilient spirit. He couldn't control this, but he could control this. Life has hit me hard, but I will bounce back. Let's give God praise. Amen. Want that to get in your spirit. I will bounce back. Say that with me. I will bounce back. Say it one more time. I will bounce back. Boy, poor Joseph. I mean, life just keeps hitting him hard one thing after another. It hits him hard again. He goes from being sold into slavery to being put in prison. Put in prison. What a bad place to end up. I, you know, I'm a Raider fan, and I was once at a Raider game, and we had tickets, me and a buddy from church, in a place called the Black Hole. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what the Black Hole is, it's a section of the stadium where people, let's just say it's a group of interesting people. And uh, when we got to the stadium, And we got to where our seats were at. There was someone that was sitting in our seats. And so no worries. I'd check with the usher and he'd work things out. It's all good. And so he calls over to the guy that is in our seat. And the guy gets up. All right. (laughs) And he turns around. And he looks at the usher. And then he looks straight at me. And he says, you better have this right, man. Because I don't mind going back to prison. (laughs) And I said, man, it's great to be back in the black hole. Yeah. Joseph is put into prison, not because he did something wrong, 
but because he did something right. Here Joseph is minding his own business, running the household of the military leader, but the military leader is married to a cougar. Right? And she's got her eye. <laughs> she's got her eye on this young, handsome guy who's managing the house whose name is Joseph. And one day she shows up and she pounces on him. You can read it. It's in the Bible. She pounces on him. She grabs his jacket. Can you imagine? She grabs him by the jacket and she says, come to bed with me. That's kind of forward. Come to bed with me. And Joseph leaves his jacket in her hands and takes off and runs out of there as fast as he can. How about a hand for Joseph? Let's give it up for Joseph. And then what happens? Oh, my. You know the phrase, it's an old phrase, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I think Joseph was the first one to ever say that. (laughs) Because after she is rejected by Joseph, she makes up a story. She accuses him of rape. And he's put into jail for a crime that he did not commit. That is the grossest kind of injustice. And when you're in that moment where life is not fair, that wasn't fair. When life is not fair, there's one thing that you and I need to remember, the prison doors can lock us in, but they cannot lock God out. The prison doors can lock us in, but they cannot keep God out. The Bible says this about Joseph. It says, while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Say that with me. The Lord was with him. This is a reoccurring theme Throughout the story of Joseph, when his brothers are going to throw him into the pit, the Bible says, but God was with him and brought him safely through all his troubles. And all God's people said, amen. When, when, the, when he was in his, the, the military leader's house, it says the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. And even in the prison The Bible says the commander of the guards trusted Joseph with everything that was in the prison. This happened because the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord helped Joseph be successful in everything he did. If the Lord is with you and blessing you, even in the prison, your life can flourish. Can we give God praise? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Boy, someone really needs to know this today. Because when life has not treated you fair, you've tried to do the right thing. You really have. You've tried to 
live the right way. You've tried to follow the right path, but life hasn't been fair. And you start to wonder, where is God? Has God forsaken me? I'm stuck in this prison. And God is nowhere to be found. And God brought you here today to remind you that God is with you. He is with you in the comeback and he's with you in the setback. He's with you in the promise and he's with you in the pain. God is with you in the success and he's with you in the suffering. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And even when you're locked into that prison, I'm with you and I will bless you. The prison doors can lock you in, but they can't keep God out. God is nowhere becomes God is now here. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if God is here, I will bounce back. I will bounce back. Say that with me. I will bounce back. And now we get to the bounce back part of the story. Well, the bounce back part of the story is when Joseph goes all the way from the prison to the palace. It really is an amazing story. That the king has a dream. Nobody can interpret the dream, but he hears about a man in his prison by the name of Joseph, that Joseph has the ability to interpret dreams. So he calls Joseph into the palace. And Joseph tells him that his dreams are an economic forecast, that there's going to be seven years of feast and then seven years of famine. And then Joseph suggests a strategy during the times of plenty, save some so that you'll have something to eat during the time of famine, that's still a pretty good financial plan today. And the king is so impressed by the spirit of Joseph and what he says. Look at what he says to Joseph. He says, God has shown you all this, so it is obvious that you have greater wisdom and insight than anyone else. I will put you in charge of my country, and all my people will obey your orders. Your authority will be second only to mine. Imagine that. In one day, it took 13 years, but in one day, he goes from the prison to the palace and is in second, he's second in command of the strongest empire in the world. That is what you call bouncing back. Imagine that. Life hit him hard. Could Joseph have ever imagined, really? He had an idea that one day he'd be a leader, but that he would be the leader, second in command of the greatest country in the world, and that his leadership during the famine would save millions of lives, including his family. You have one dream, God has a bigger dream. And then his brothers come to see him. Wouldn't you like to have been a fly on the wall then? <laughs> and Joseph has this great perspective on his life. 
He says to his brothers, he says, look, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You had a move, you made it, but God had a counter move. Checkmate. And that is the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of our God. That God can take everything in our life. One of the great thinkers in the church, St. Augustine, he put it this way. He said, the omnipotent God, being himself supremely good, could not permit anything evil in his works were he not so all-powerful and good as to be able to bring good even out of evil. God can bring good. They say that being resilient, one of the characteristics you have to have is optimism. And what kind of optimistic spirit is this to know that God, we love God and God is causing all things, good things, bad things, all things to work together for our good and for his glory. That's what you call optimism. I want you to think of your life as a stream. You've seen a stream, how a stream is flowing, and there's rocks in that stream, but the stream, the waters continue to flow under the rock, over the rock, around the rock. The stream moves forward to its intended destination. The dream that God has for your life is like that stream. And other people, other things may happen. Like rocks, they're dropped into that stream. But God is great enough to make sure that stream continues to go around the rock, over the rock, under the rock, until that stream, his dream for your life, does come to pass. I may get knocked down, but I will bounce back. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Uh, we've got a special song that's really the song's the end of the sermon. But I, I just want to take a moment. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, right now I'm in the middle of a setback. You know, life hasn't treated me fair. I feel like I'm in a pit. There's some kind of setback that I've experienced in my life. I'm in a situation that I just can't do much about right now. I'm in a setback, but I'm declaring today, before I see a comeback out here, I've got to have a comeback in here. And by the grace of God, resilience is rising up in me. I want to agree today with your declaration of faith, I will bounce back. If that's you today, just slip up your hand wherever you're at in the audience. I will bounce back. Boy, this is a declaration of faith. God, see our hands, see our hearts. Your grace and power is moving in this place. The Bible said, we read it a moment ago, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. All God's people said, amen, amen and amen and amen. Oh, let's give God praise as Venice comes to sing.
this beautiful song. Venice, come on out.
I want to take just a moment. I just want to thank Akisha. Thank you so much for, for helping us to just seal the moment. And Venice, it's her first time to sing with us on a weekend. She's 12 years old, and I'm just so grateful for how God's gifted her, how she's using her gift. Thank you so much for inspiring us. Well, when life knocks me down, I bounce back up. Amen.